I'm Steve Fisher. The fastest growing sport in the United States for the past three years isn't baseball or football or basketball, hockey, or soccer. It's not golf or tennis. No, it's pickleball. And it has nothing to do with pickles. Sometimes a name is just a name. But it's not just proving itself popular with people of all ages and all levels of society. Even prisoners can't get enough of it. Roger Belair should know. He's teaching it to some very tough customers you might not expect to play nice. And it's changing attitudes on the court and off. There's a picture online of me sitting on the bench with a, with a gentleman. His name's Clarence. And he's saying to me, as that picture's taken, Roger, look out there. Well, I look out on the court. I see a bunch of guys playing pickleball. That's all I see. He says, you don't understand. He says, you got opposite gang members out there playing with and against each other. Before pickleball, some of them wouldn't even talk to each other. And now look at them. They're laughing together. He's here to give us a slice of Pickleball 101 on Life Slices. Let's start with an easy question, or it's easy depending on how much information you want to divulge. Who is Roger Belair? <laughs> well, I wish I could answer that in about a sentence or two. I'll tell you, my life has certainly been full of surprises. Nobody in high school would have ever pointed to me and say, he's going to have a very interesting life. I went to college, like most of the people in my class, or many of them, and ended up in business administration, and then I started out in banking. I think part of the reason I went there is because I thought that's where the money was. But Theoretically, along the way, that's, that's where the money's supposed to be. Just- what you do is you see it, but you can't touch it. And I was pretty ambitious, and I wanted to have some financial success. I realized I wasn't in my position, going to end up with much of that. So I started a little company on the side, investment company. And frankly, we were just paying lucky, the right place at the right time. And we did some, made some good choices. And we ended up being profiled as part of a cover story. I say we, because I had a business partner on Money Magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, that, as you know, publicity changes lives. And one of the calls I got was from... Double day, and they said, "Have you ever thought about writing, about writing a book?" Well, heck, I, I don't even didn't even write my mother at the time. <laughs> and they said, "We can get you help if you need it." So I sat down with one of those things. I bet you remember it's called a typewriter. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I did. pounded away on those keys. I ended up writing a book. It sold surprisingly well. Then they asked me to write a second book on how do you go in as a business owner and deal with a banker. That. I wrote that book. That sold really well. And then one of my friends, I bet you recognize this name, Vince Lombardi Jr. Oh, yeah. He said, Roger, you wrote this book. This would be a great topic of business conventions around the country, the National Restaurant Association or American Subcontract. Let me introduce you to my my agent. And so I said, well, heck, you know, I can do that. And I found out it's a lot easier to find a new audience and a new speech. So I did that for a few years, and then I discovered pickleball, and that changed. That really changed my life. For people who don't know, what is pickleball? It's a combination of tennis and badminton and ping pong. It's played on a badminton court, which is about a third the size of a tennis court. You use a wiffle ball as compared to a tennis ball, and that wiffle balls don't go that fast. And you also have an oversized ping pong paddle. The sport was 
created was created in 1965. But you play it an awful lot like you do with ten, tennis. It's kind of like I don't want to say it's miniature tennis. It's really more like ping pong on steroids. I like that. You you were there at the beginning, is that correct, or close to the beginning? I wasn't. I've been playing for about a dozen years. All right, but what's fascinating about this sport is it was invented by three. I call them desperate dads. They're over on Bainbridge, Iowa, and they're trying to entertain the kids. They came up with this sport in '65. They thought they had a winner because everybody that played it loved it. But they went to companies like Spalding and Wilson, tried to market it, had almost zero success. And so there's just a few loyal followers that would play this game, but everybody that played it loved it. And then what? fast forward, 2002, 2003, baby boomers started retiring to the desert in Arizona and also Florida fell in love with the game, and then they brought it north. And we know that in 2003, there's only 39 known public courts around the country. Some private courts, but the public courts. Right now, there's well over 10,000. Well over 10,000. Fastest growing sport in the, in the country. Matter of fact, I talked to a reporter from the Boston Globe, and he came out with the headlines a couple of days later that pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the history of America. Boston Globe. Awesome. So how do, how do, are you investing in pickleball? I wish I could. I wish I knew how to do it because it is, it is growing so fast. We talked about what it is, but maybe the real good question is why is this growing so fast? Why do people love it so much? And, and there's really several simple, easy answers. One is it's just easy to learn. You, you can learn it in an hour. And that's not true. Well, I've been trying to learn golf for 40 years. So a lot of sports are really hard to learn. So it's, it's easy to learn. It's great exercise. But at the same time, it's easy on the joints. Tennis is a great sport, but it can be pretty tough for somebody 50 years old or 60 years old. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. Equipment costs less than 100 bucks. It's very social. But the number one reason people play this game is this just plain fun. Now, here's a question that seems to be controversial because there are so many different answers to it. Do you know why it's called pickleball? Oh, yeah. So here's what happened. There was three founders, a guy by the name of Joel Pritchard. You might recognize that name. He served in Congress. Bill Bell, and which was a neighbor. And the third guy was the name of Barney McCallum. And I got to know Barney pretty well. He passed away about three years ago. Hmm. And over on Bainbridge Island, see, they got all these waterfront houses, and they go back generations. And I bet you can guess what happens around 5 o'clock. They often meet at somebody's house for a beverage, right? Yes. Well, this one particular an, night. An adult beverage at that, probably. An adult beverage, absolutely. So this one particular night, somebody said, you know, we call it the game. You want a game tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock? Does that work for everybody? And people say yes or no. They said, we should, really, we should really come up with a real name for this. So they batted around some ideas like rally ball or tennis pong. Finally, somebody said, hey, Pritchard, you know, you got that dog Pickles, grabs a ball, runs off the court, under the bush. We got to get on our hands and knees and go get, go get the ball. It's actually Pickles ball. So, so let's just call it Pickleball. What happened is everybody laughed and said, that's great. Let's have another drink. That story comes directly from Barney McCallum, who is one of the three founders. But like a lot of sports, 
words get interpreted. There's different points of view out there. But here's what Barney shared with me. And I've talked to some of the old timers and they all say exactly what I just told you. Pritchard goes back to Washington, D.C. in 72. He's married to Joanne. After a couple of years, marriage doesn't work and they go in their separate directions. Now, 1997, this is 32 years after the game was, in, was created. Same year that, that Joe passed away. Joanne Pritchard says to the press, she says, people say it was named after the dog. It really wasn't. It was, the dog came later. There was a dog, Pickles, but, he, but Pickles came later. It was after a composite of boat they put together. Composite of boats they put together to make one boat is called a pickle boat. So the name really came from that pickle bowl, pickleball boat. And by the way, me, Joanne Pritchard, I'm the one that named the game. Oh. The press picked this up and they said, well, this was Pritchard's wife. I mean, she was there. She knows. And so you got these two conflicting stories out there of where this game came from. But I'll share with you something that's kind of interesting. Of course, I just told you what I repeated from both the founders. But I've, I've taught this game to over 2,500 people. And, of course, when you teach the game, the subject of where did this name come, come, come from? And what I've learned about human nature is whatever story people have heard first, they're convinced that's the right story. But as Paul Harvey, as Paul Harvey would say, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> so how did you call yourself a pickleball advocate? What is a pickleball advocate and how did you become one? Well, other people kind of gave me that name. I started playing about a dozen years ago. And coming from a professional speaking background, I, I, I really like to teach this game. I'm reasonably good at it. Not great, but reasonably good. I like to teach. I like to tell people what to do. I know how much fun they have. So I started giving lessons at the, for the city of Edmonds. And that's really where it started. And boy, he has a balloon since then. Your LinkedIn bio says you now conduct clinics nationally at world-class resorts and maximum security prisons. What are the similarities? Well, how about that for extreme? Yes. Two weeks, I'm going down to Rancho Porta with Travel Plus Leisure Magazine, rates as one of the top five international resorts in the, in the world. And I'll be teaching there. And we can get into how I started teaching in prisons. It's a little bit more lengthy discussion. Matter of fact, I just got back three weeks ago from Florida, where I introduced the game down there to their Department of Corrections. You want to talk about the prison stuff? Yeah, let's talk about the, the we'll get right into that because that's really fascinating and you're still doing that. So how did you get involved with doing clinics in prisons of all places? Well, here's the, here's the way that went down. My wife and I have a routine where on Sunday nights we watch 60 Minutes most, most Sundays. And they had a segment on Sheriff Tom Dart, who does his best to run Cook County Jail in Chicago. Now, as you can imagine, no matter what Tom, Sheriff Dart does, it, he, he's damned by somebody. I mean, he's criticized by somebody. But I watched this segment, and these guys are just sitting around. They're playing cards. They're playing a little bit of chess. And I said to my wife, because I've been teaching for two or three years, they should be playing pickleball. They get exercise, plus they'd also learn life skills, like becoming a better teammate and learning from mistakes and 
things like that. And she kind of nodded her head a little bit. And then I said, you know what? I'm, I'd be willing to go back there to Chicago and teach the game. And I'm going to write Sheriff Dart a letter and tell him exactly what I think. I'll even pay for my own expenses. Well, frankly, what I got was an eye roll. <laughs> you know, my, my wife, and I love her to death, she comes from a media background. She said something like, well, your intentions are good, but don't be disappointed if you don't get a response. He gets a lot of different types of letters, and don't be disappointed, Roger. Well, I wrote the letter. Of course, I had to then, but here's what happened. He gets that letter, never heard of pickleball, puts it on the side of his desk. And that night, happened to mention, he's got three kids, I think, over the dinner table. I got this letter from this guy out in Seattle, something about balls and pickles. Never heard of it. Steve, his eight-year-old daughter, put her hands on her hips and said, Dad, I'll tell you about pickleball. Now, if it hadn't have been for that eight-year-old daughter, none of this would ever happen. How does an eight-year-old girl learn, learn, back then learn about pickleball? I don't know. I've I've never met her. I read this in, in one of the articles where the reporter asked Sheriff Dart about it, and that's what he said. So, but isn't that terrific? Yeah. All right. So Sheriff Dart calls you back, and you go to Chicago. What right. happens then? Boy, it, it just it was mind blowing what happened. I get back there, and I I take an Uber to the facility. I look around, and Cook County Jail is about the size of 75 football fields. I mean, it's amazing. I look at the sign. Yeah, they have about 80,000 men and women that flow through there every year. I looked at that sign that said maximum security, and my heart went right up my throat. When I came out a week later, I looked at that sign again, and I realized how much I had learned about what goes on on the inside, how they have 57 major gangs in Seattle or in, in Chicago. They have over 100,000 members that for an awful lot of inner city kids, it's not a choice of if you're going to join a gang, it's which one are you going to join for protection. Mm -hmm. They're at such a disadvantage. And the other thing I learned is how much mental illness there is on the inside. 35, 40% of those people shouldn't be, maybe they should be incarcerated in a facility, but they shouldn't necessarily be in prison, but they have mental problems and that's what's led to their situation. But anyway, I go through clearance. I stand myself in front of 25 young men. I thought I'd give them just a little background about the sport, about Joe Pritchard. And they had no interest. Not, none of them ever heard of pickleball. Right. And, you know, arms are crossed. They're looking around the room. Well, I thought on my wife's comment that my intentions were good. But not knowing what to do, I said, well, let's, let's just go on out the courts. And I would bet within five minutes, maybe 10, total transformation. Hmm. They went from absolutely having no interest at all to what I had to say to being like kids on a playground. Kids on a playground, about like third graders. In that one day, I went from somebody's grandpa that at the end of the day, I was either bro or dude. I've been back to Chicago three times. The last time there was a reporter there for USA Today, a sports reporter. He was going to write up a story for the, the sports page. He wrote it up. I thought it went pretty well. He got a few quotes from me, some from the inmates. 
And then he calls me up a couple of days later and says, well, Roger, I, I just don't know how to tell you this, but your story's not going to be on the sports page. You know, my heart dropped. I'm thinking, why do they kill the story? I mean, it was a good story. You know, and then, of course, I told my nosy neighbor. I told some of the guys at the gym. I said, I'm going to have egg all over my face. Then he adds, well, the, the editors read the story. And instead of the sports page, they're going to put it on the front page of USA Today. Friday edition, which has the most circulation. That's not a bad trade Another life changer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that opened, of course, a lot more courses. How many prisons do you estimate you've visited to date? After Chicago, what I did was I went to Rikers Island. Now, Rikers Island is a jail outside of New York City. They have about 100,000 people that flow through there. There's ten, actually 10 different sites on Rikers Island. And one for men, new arrivals, et cetera. After I left there, they, the deputy commissioner ordered pickleball equipment for all 10 sites. Came back to the state of Washington. I taught here at four or five different facilities. I went down to Corcoran, the largest prison in California. I introduced a game with a colleague up in Alaska and also in New Hampshire. We were, we were just really making things happen in the COVID hit. Well, we can talk about what life was like after that. I just returned from Florida where I taught at six different facilities in eight days. The head of education called my trip there a massive success. And the long-term results will practically be immeasurable. They are fast-tracking pickleball throughout many of the 50 sites they have in that state. I don't know. I'm losing track to how many. Next month, I'm going to be at San Quentin. We can talk about that. That was pretty darn interesting, too, as well as Folsom. Those are both pretty rough prisons, aren't they? San Quentin and Folsom? Yeah. Well, San Quentin has more men on death row than any other prison in the Western Hemisphere. Do they participate in the clinics? I don't know. I haven't been there yet. I don't know what they're going to do. But but in other prisons you visited, you haven't had anyone from Max, maximum security, have you? Oh, of course I have, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've dealt with many men that are, and mostly men. Men, are, men cause the problems in the world. Over 90% of the inmates are men. We now have women all over the listenership applauding and cheering. Yeah, well, of course they do. And I'll even go further. I'll even tell you that when I work with women, and I have done a fair amount of that inside, I sit down and this eventually kind of comes up, well, how'd you end up in here? And many of them say, well, my boyfriend and I got high and he thought it was a great idea to go out and rob a bank. And so you talk to them and a very high percentage of the time, those are the type of things that happen that cause women to get into prison. Right. And I'm just telling the truth. But what, what happened with San Quentin is I got an email out of the blue and he said, can we have a video call? And I said, sure. So a couple of days later, we had a video call, him and a couple of his lieutenants. And I thought I'd start the conversation by saying, Warden, let me, let me tell you some of the benefits of pickleball in prison. And he, he interrupted me. He said, Roger, I, I've, done my, I've done my homework. When can you be here? So May 5th is when I'll be at, at San Quentin. Do you get nervous when you go into these places? Steve, I'm always nervous. I'm nervous right now talking to you. Yeah, of, course, of, course I, of course I do, because... There's so much mental illness on the inside that anything can happen. I was in Florida three weeks ago, and 
they, they call it a yard. So you got a fence around this, this open space about the size of a football field. And a guy got stabbed. There's an awful lot of violence that goes on. Now, inmates are, are darn good at reading people. And they can tell a person's motivation of where they're coming from. And in my particular case, it doesn't take them long to figure out that I'm there for them. I'm not talking about my, my grandkids or my trick knee or something like that. So there's a, a, la- a layer of protection as well as I always have security with me. So I'm I'm kind of getting used I'm kind of getting used to it, but I'm you know you're always it, it's it's dangerous it's dangerous on the inside. Right, but thankfully, pickleball is not hockey, so fights don't no. generally break out during a pickleball game. You know I'm going to go back to that USA Today article. And and anybody can pull it up online. Just Google my name, Pickleball, Roger Belair, and Pickleball, and USA Today. And when you read that piece, there's two very significant things that I want to point out. One is Jim Edmondson, great guy. He's in charge of athletics for Cook County Jail. In that article, he says, disciplinary problems are down. Guys want to play so much that they behave themselves because they get into trouble. They can't play Pickleball. Wow. Isn't it something like that happens? But here's what's even more astounding. There's a picture online of me sitting on the bench with a, with a gentleman. His name's Clarence. And he's saying to me, as that picture's taken, Roger, look out there. Well, I look out on the court. I see a bunch of guys playing pickleball. That's all I see. He says, you don't understand. He says, you got opposite gang members out there playing with and against each other. Before pickleball, some of them wouldn't even talk to each other. And now look at them. They're laughing together. That is, that is great. That's a great endorsement for, for pickleball and for your work. That, well, but, but let, let, let me be clear. The magic's in the game. All I do is help introduce it. But the magic's in this game. And that's why it's growing so rapidly inside as well as out. Can you give us an idea of, of what a game is like? Give us some of the basic rules and how does the game start? How does it, is it played like tennis or ping pong? Well, it's kind of a combination. First of all, it's on a, a badminton court, which is about a third the size of a tennis court. All right. Mm-hmm. You play a game to 11. First person to 11 wins. What they did originally was they tried to serve it overhand across court, kind of like miniature tennis. Well, they found out that the ball was going everywhere. So they said, well, let's come up with a rule that you have to serve underhanded. So the underhand is kind of like the opening bid and bridge. It just gets things going. All right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. after that, and after the ball comes back, then you can play it just kind of like tennis. Either one bounce, or you can hit the ball in the air. If it bounces twice, so the ball goes out, then, then that's a fault. And you go on to the next rally. Like I said, it's easy to learn. It's an awful lot of fun. It's very social. But that's kind of what it is. I like to call it ping pong on steroids because I think that's the best description of it. Can it be played in singles and doubles? It can be. But singles is a lot more like miniature tennis. And I guess I don't think it's that fun. Doubles is, is a lot more social and interactive. And what happens in this game, and, and Barney told me about this. He says, what happens is people just show up at the, t- uh, the pickleball court by themselves. Tennis, you normally have to line up three other people or whatever. They show up by themselves, maybe with another person, but mostly by themselves. 
four people go on the court. They play a game. Once that game's over, they come off the court and they go to the end of the line. During the course of a day, you can play with maybe a dozen different people. So you form all these relationships just based on laughter and having fun. Many times you don't even know the person's last name, nor do you care. You don't care if they live in a penthouse or a studio apartment. But you develop this social network that is like no other sport that I, I, I know about. And that's part of the magic of this game. I think somebody like, needs to start pickleball dating. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> you can even take it up a notch. There's even nude pickleball right now. How about yeah, that? You know, I was thinking of asking about that. And I said, no, don't go there. And then there really <laughs> is nude. I don't know if I'd want to watch a nude pickleball match. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. You know, so many people are over 50. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> How do people get started? What is What does a person have to have? Where do they find a pickleball court? There's a, a website, USAPA, which United States of America Pickleball Association, has a link that where you can play in your community, all right? Now, you're, you know, it's one thing to say that's where I can play, but what you're going to need to do is learn how to play the game. And, and it only takes about an hour or so to learn the basic rules. Now, granted, you aren't very good, and you're going to get a lot better, but you're still going to have an awful lot of giggles out in the court. Myself, personally, I live in Edmonds, and I teach for the city of Edmonds, also the city of Kirkland and Redmond in Washington State. And then I teach at there's Rancho La Porta, which is a wonderful spa. And most spas right now offer pickleball as well as what I do in inside prisons. I would I would check with the website that I just told you about. Again, that's USAPA, and I think it's .org rather than .com. Through that, you can find out how to how to learn the game. Okay, terrific. So we're almost out of time. Is there a question you'd like to answer that I haven't asked? Well, I'd like to really encourage people to just give it a try. You know the 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 best woman player in the world. She was the best woman player at the age of fourteen. At the other end of the spectrum, I not too long ago played with a guy that's 93. 93. Wow. His his name's Bob. I asked him, I said, Bob, does pickleball keep you young? He said, not really, Roger. What keeps me young is my 72-year-old wife (laughs) and and a stiff martini every night. This is something almost everybody can play. Most players right now are... 50 years of age and up. So a lot of people that are sitting on the couch saying, I really want to try something. I really should get some exercise. I would really encourage them to give it a try. You know what I might do is I might leave my email address with you. And if somebody has a particular question, they can, they can contact me. Is that all right? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. All right. So my, my, my email address is, is Bel Air R at gmail.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's B-E-L-A-I-R-R at gmail.com. They got a particular question, get a hold of me and I'll get back to them. Terrific. That is awesome. Roger, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I hope everybody goes out and gives pickleball a try. Well, thanks for reaching out, Steve. It's great to connect with you again.
My thanks to Roger Belair for sharing a taste of pickleball with us. He assures us pickleball is for everyone and places are popping up all over the country to get you in the game. Even if you're not athletic, pickleball may just get you some good exercise and help you make new friends. And who can't use new friends in real life, not on Facebook? If you liked this program, please like Life Slices on social media and subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. Life Slices is produced by Beatnik Ravens Productions, all rights reserved. Music courtesy of Fesley and Studios. Mm-hmm.